1972, we looked at using Docker on Windows to set up a Ruby on Rails environment. However, in this episode, we're going to look at using Windows 10 and using the Bash on Ubuntu. And essentially what that does is run the Linux subsystem in the background so you can launch native Linux applications. So our Ruby interpreter on our Windows environment is actually going to be on this Linux subsystem, Bash on Ubuntu on Windows. And the first thing that we're going to do to get this started is to go into our settings. We'll then go to the update and security. And then for developers, we'll enable the developer mode. We'll then be prompted and we'll click yes. And once that's done, you'll see that the developer mode package is installed. We'll then click on our Windows icon again. Then you can just type in Windows Features. And this will return the Turn Windows Features on and off from the control panel. Then at the bottom, you'll see that the Windows subsystem for Linux is unchecked. We'll simply check this and then hit OK. And it's good to point out, if you are using an older version of Windows 10, or if you're using a Windows 32-bit, then this may not be available for you. You should be using 64-bit Windows, and you should also have all the available Windows updates installed. And once this is finished, we'll go ahead and restart our computer. And the laptop that I'm using for this episode is nothing fancy. It's a sub $1,000 computer. I actually got this for $700 when it was on sale at Costco. It's a 8th gen Core i7, U processor, so these are usually the mobile processors, so they're fairly clocked back, so they don't have a lot of processing power, but you'll see that this will be sufficient for what we're trying to accomplish. And again, it's the Core i7 8550 CPU, it has 8GB of RAM, and this is really the minimum amount of RAM that I would recommend for any kind of development machine, and it does have a 256GB solid state hard drive. So next, we'll click on our start button again, and then we'll just type in bash, and then you'll see that the bash run command will show up. And so you'll see that the Windows subsystem for Linux has no installed distributions. So we'll have to visit the Windows Store, and so once you launch the Windows Store, you can simply just type bash, and then you'll see the run Linux on Windows, get the apps. It'll take you to this page, and you pick the distribution that you're most comfortable with. In this case, I'm going to use Ubuntu. And then I'll just click Get. And then I'll wait for this to download and install. And once it's installed, I'll just click Launch. And then a window will pop up, and it'll say that it's installing and it may take a few minutes. And once that's finished, we'll be prompted to create a username, and then we'll also be prompted to enter in a password. You'll be asked to confirm the password, and then we're at our terminal, and from here, we can start installing stuff. So I'll first start installing RVM. And to do this, we'll just simply visit rvm.io. Then we'll copy and paste the two lines of code that we are required to run. And once that's completed, we will have to run this source and then the script. And this will just load the RVM into our shell. So we do rvm-version now. You can see that it works. And to install the latest Ruby version, we'll just type rvm install, then 2.5.1. And this can take a few moments to download and install because it is going to have to compile it from source. However, in this process, you will be asked for your password, and this is just so we can install some of the dependency packages needed. And once this is finished, we can type ruby-version 
to see our Ruby version is installed. And next, we may need a JavaScript engine to compile the assets and stuff like that, so let's go ahead and install Node.js. From their site, we'll just run the two commands, and then we'll run the second command. And once it's finished, we can now start installing Rails. To install Rails, we'll just do a gem install Rails. Right, and after a couple of minutes, it's done. And before we create our first Rails application, you may want to install any kind of dependencies that your application will need, whether it's PostgreSQL or, or MySQL. And you really don't want to use SQLite for a production application, but for something tinkering around with, that may be sufficient. So there's a lot of good tutorials out there for installing MySQL or Postgres. And leave a comment if you need some help with that, but it should be pretty self-explanatory. So next, before we create a Rails application, you'll see that I am in my home directory. However, the Windows environment doesn't have access to this location. So instead, if we go under our root directory, under the MNT folder, and then the C folder, you'll see that this is the C drive of our laptop. So I'll go into our users folder, then I'll go into my user. In this case, it's Dave. And within here, I'm going to just make a new directory, and I'm just going to call it code. So within my code folder, this is where I'll create my Rails application. So this could be a pain every time you launch Bash on Windows to get to this directory. So you could write a simple script that would just do a CD and then take you right to this directory. And so to do this, I'm going to edit my bashrc file. And just at the bottom, I'll just create an alias. You can call this whatever you want. And then we'll just set this to the CD and then we'll put in the full path of our code folder. And then we'll write and quit this file. And then you'll have to run source and then run the bashrc for these changes to take effect. We can then just run cc and then it takes us right into our folder. So I'm going to do a Rails new and then just a test application. If I wanted to make this a MySQL application, I could just do a dash D and then with a MySQL. But in this case, I'm just going to use the SQLite. And while that's installing, I'll just pull up my file explorer and I'll navigate to my Dave and then the code folder. And within here, you can see that we have access to our test application and it's our normal Rails application. So what this is essentially allowing us to do is to use a Ruby interpreter on a Linux subsystem while we are using our Windows environment or our primary host to actually store the files and then be able to edit them with our native editor. And so I'll go ahead and start the Rails application and you'll see that it's running now on port 3000. Within my native browser, if I go to localhost port 3000, you'll see that it natively works. And so while the batch on Ubuntu has been experimental for a number of years, I do find that it is pretty stable now, and it is definitely a alternate solution to being able to use a Windows environment for Ruby on Rails development. And if you look at the memory footprint, you'll see that it's really not taking up too much RAM, but this is definitely one of the cases where you do wanna have at least eight or more gigabytes of RAM on this laptop, or Windows computer that you'll be using just because we're not running any kind of applications right now. So once we start running our SQL Server, maybe a Redis or a Elastic Cache, then this could start to increase. You can see that instead of hitting your memory, it's having to swap to the hard drive. Well, that's all for this episode. Thank you for watching.